This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping project managers sharpen their PM skills. I'm your co-host, Matthew Douglas, and in this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, I'll be talking with Adriana Leota, PE, an Applications Engineering Manager at Ferrat, the construction firm that specializes in the design and manufacturing of vibration control, building acoustics, thermal isolation, and precision leveling solutions about the importance of adopting a hybrid approach of agile and waterfall methodologies in projects that involve both software and hardware components, and how engineers can effectively work in an agile environment while producing effective waterfall solutions. She will also discuss the difference between the role of an engineering manager and a project manager, and the importance of defining accountabilities, empowering team members, and the importance of trust in your team. Let's jump into today's episode. It's now time for our PM Conversation of the Week with Adriana Leota. Adriana, welcome to the Engineering Project Management Podcast. Hi, it's Matthew. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you on here. We were looking into uh, your profile, which was very interesting um, that we've seen that you are integrating agile methodologies in the construction field, which is uh, quite interesting. So you are based in Spain right now? In this moment, actually, uh, my company, our company is based in Manchester, UK, but we are currently in Spain carrying out fire testing of our products in an integrated system because in in Europe, in this moment, is quite the topic, uh, the fire resistance of the different construction products. So here we are just proving uh, basically our theories and so far so good. We have a couple of talking points that we want to share with our audience. So we'll get right into the first one. So number one, can you give us an overview of yourself, your role as an engineering manager at Ferrat, and your main responsibilities in this position? Yeah, I think that's to understand uh, my role because it's quite a flexible role and this that's the part that I really love about it. It's important to give an overview about the company, basically about Farad, what we do. We are basically vibration isolation uh, solution specialists. So that kind of company, that kind of specialist that enter into people's life without letting them know about it. Not like we are thief, but in a way that we work to improve their comfort, basically in their daily life. So whenever, for example, you are going to a cinema and it's because you want to immerse yourself into the film, into a new story, you don't want to hear what is happening outside. You don't want to hear what is happening in our room. That's what we do, basically. So we look for a cinema, theater, uh, isolation uh, solution or um, any sort of full building isolation solution or all. we also work a lot in the canning industry isolation basically machine isolation so that's why all these little things that are connected to 
typical activities that could be part of every, basically every people's life. What I do in my role is a mix of uh, two main parts, which one is the technical bit, which I have basically, I want to keep in my role because I love it. I still love to do the technical bit. I still love to get into the numbers. So helping basically on the solution and assisting on the development of major project solution. And on the other side, there is the other beautiful part that is related to the team management. So is wherever basically I work on nurturing, coaching, mentoring the people I'm working with uh, in order to let them improve their soft and technical skills. I don't like to call them like my team because I think that I do not own them, but I'm working basically to create an environment where I own their respect. That's my role. I like how you uh, mentioned that you didn't like to call your team an actual team. And I think that's a really critical part of uh, establishing that framework, um, you know, like establishing people that you can really trust in, the, in your workspace. I think that's just awesome. You know, and people can really feel highly valued in their company as a result of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's uh, as part uh, of my role as manager. I need to reinforce and I want to reinforce to every possible people in the world. We don't own people. We need to work on creating an environment made of trust and respect. So ideas basically will come uh, in place. New ideas will sparkle without us knowing that they are there. So, yeah. Could you talk a little bit about the importance of adopting a hybrid approach of agile and waterfall methodologies and projects that involve both software and hardware components? And can you provide a case study of a company that effectively uses this approach? I must mention basically the company I'm working with, uh, our company, FART, because we basically have uh, two parts. We have a software, basically, and the hardware uh, solution that needs to be combined together. So we provide technical solution, technical design. And at the same time, we also then manufacture the final product. I have basically seen in my experience how it's literally impossible to think that in a company like... um, I would say in the 80% of a manufacturing company, you cannot simply stick to the manufacturer company who provide also technical solution service. You cannot stick to only one methodology and carry on basically on that. So you need to find a good balance of the two because while the design part can be quite agile, flexible, needs to adapt to clients' need, it needs to adapt to the construction deadlines, which could be quite hectic sometimes, so could be so variable that they can change 10 times during one week. On the other side, there is the production um, process uh, methodologies where you cannot carry out a task if the first one basically is not completed. So where you must respect the waterfall methodology and where you have seen that the more you are basically impacting this waterfall process, the more risk you are adding into the quality of the final product. So is where actually, yes, I think that this is why engineers are basically in the middle of these two processes. And that's why I think that whenever you're combining design solution, technical solution with a final product, you will need the perfect integration of the two to avoid any 
bottlenecks basically down the line. So any bottlenecks also in production and to avoid that you are actually somehow compromising the quality of the final product that will be delivered on site and installed on site. You guys are integrating agile and waterfall methodologies within the construction field in your designing your implementations. Um, I think that's very interesting because it's not something that's very common. Has this been something that you and your company has been implementing for a long period of time? Is it something that's new? And how is this compared to your previous methods of execution for a project? I think that, yes, it's part of uh, our nature as company because we want to provide solution to client. We don't want to provide simply a product. In the moment where you're providing a solution to a client, you want to make client trust you. You want to create that environment that makes also the client feeling comfortable and nurtured by a company, by a specialist, because when people are coming to us, it's because probably they don't know what they want, but that's why we're here. So that's why on one side, we need to be really, really agile on meeting clients' needs and multiple time, basically, because sometimes this field or related to the rubber and the vibration solution solution is kind of new. It's not like talking about concrete or talking about steel, which has been there basically about for centuries. It's about a kind of new product about the interaction of how we could achieve a certain acoustic performance with a product that is still developing, that could have 100 basically different behavior depending on how you're treating it. So basically, it's a new material and uh, it's something new also for the clients. And that's why we want to be agile, because we want to make basically the client satisfy the client needs. So it's imagine when you want, you're going to a shop and uh, you don't know what type of dress you want for a certain occasion. You go there and there is someone who is actually, can I help you? And you say, yes, maybe I want, uh, I don't know. Talking as a woman, I want a long dress or a short dress. I don't know. Maybe I want something casual. Maybe I want something fancy. And this is where I let the people guide me through reading, basically through my words and understanding what I need. That's what we do. <laughs> so that's why we need to be agile. At the same time, we need to manufacture, as I was saying, the product. So we need to understand that the solution we're providing is also feasible in terms of manufacture. Whenever we develop the final product in our design, we're thinking, okay, what are the steps that our production guys will take that uh, my colleagues from the production team will need to do to build that final product? And is it feasible? What are the risks of making it happen? So until basically we don't see that, okay, the manufacturer is not an issue because you are following in your mind all the waterfall steps that are related to the manufacture of the product is where at the end you say, okay, everything has the box tick, the risk is minimum. I can basically make my client sure I got the perfect solution for your job. How can engineers effectively work in an agile environment while still producing effective waterfall solutions? Teamwork and communication are essential to make the system work. People need to be aware of the impact of each individual decision and action on other people. So if, for example, if designers are working together with engineers, what does it mean if an engineer change a parameter, a dimension, what does it mean into the designer? And at the same time, if the design changes something into their drawing, what does it mean for the production team? So communication is really, really essential. Trying to understand what is the risk related to an action for another team. Because alternative, if you are then uh, 
basically not optimizing the entire process from the first design until the delivery on site, you're still failing as a company. While people need to basically communicate to understand that the project relates to the team. So a lot of teamwork basically is essential to let people uh, be aware of how priorities could move according to the agile environment. But the final product should be thought and designed according to a waterfall sequence. Could you explain to the listeners like exactly what a waterfall sequence really is? You know, like what are the uh, the standards and practices that you implement in order for you to execute a waterfall practice? The waterfall practice is basically a procedure, a methodology, whether you need to complete one task before starting another one. So there is uh, is a type of methodology that is quite related to strict process when there are processes that must be respected, where really the risk of changing the process of not respecting is simply too high, basically, for the quality of the process that could really compromise the final outcome of the process. You need basically to complete one step and to do it. It's uh, basically the same thing, I don't know, of manufacturing the tires of a car. Before basically manufacturing the tire, you need to first get the rubber, you need to vulcanize the rubber. So manufacturer work with the rubber how you want in order to obtain certain mechanical properties. And then you will need to form basically the wheel and then you need to add the other part that at the end will give you the tire. So if there are certain steps from one to four, you need to do them in sequence. You cannot jump from four to one and so on. No, it doesn't work. It will add too much risk to your products, to the outcome of the process. So don't do it. While the agile on the other side is the other round. It's simply basically like, imagine like quite dynamic method and process that helps you basically to achieve the day-to-day needs of a flexible to-do list. How does the role of an engineering manager differ from that of a project manager? And why is it important to define accountabilities and empower team members in this role? We could see the project manager as the person, the role who needs to nurture and deliver a project or multiple projects at the same time. But a project that is made of a final product, which could be a building, bearing assembly in our case, or uh, a bottle of water, something basically, a final product. This is what the project management do basically does, is where uh, this person needs to understand the client needs, where the clients want a certain product and make everything possible to achieve that deadlines. On the other side, the engineering manager needs to focus on nurture, grow, and invest on the human capital of a company. So the project, basically, the project of an engineering manager do not deliver a product, but do deliver soft skills, people satisfaction, people engagement. So the final outcome, basically, of an engineering manager and a project manager action are kind of different. Why is it important to define accountabilities and empower team members in this role? Because uh, at the very end, uh, I think that is the engineering manager who needs to create that environment for everyone to feel accountable for their action. So to make the project manager life quite, quite easy. So when people are empowered, basically they take responsibility of their action. They know what are the limits. 
So at that point, the project manager life is really, really easy. On the other side, this part of the engineering manager nurturing basically the environment and the culture behind this final outcome. In your experience in your company, does the project manager and the engineering manager sit at the same level or is one on top of the other? Or how does it work? We sit at the same level, exactly. There could be more senior or less senior, but we definitely sit at the same level. The final goal is to deliver the product, which could be different, but the final product, which basically has been discussed multiple times in multiple books, but the final goal of a manufacturer company is to deliver a product. So I'm not saying something absolutely new, but is there the real goal? So when we combine these with a company who also do, does basically technical service is where these two people need to sit together so to combine these two sides of the business together. At the end of the day, the ultimate goal is just to deliver the project and make sure that it's done safely, effectively, on time and under budget. So Absolutely. And you just say it, yes. <laughs> safely is absolutely the first rule. What's the importance of trust between engineering managers and their team for the sustainable delivery of projects? You know, I'm not sure if you ever read about the five dysfunctions of a team. It's a book by Patrick Lencioni, and uh, I've started recently to read it. And uh, it struck me because uh, in the first paragraph, uh, he's talking about trust as the basis of the pyramid. He's basically saying uh, this book is great because basically he's stuck saying, ha ha, <laughs> here there is a great truth because... Um, He's talking about how great teams are great because they are honest one another. So they are not afraid to admit their errors. They are actually the really, you can recognize a great team when people are there saying, okay, I did something wrong. It was an error. I'm human. Is where basically people are putting themselves out there saying, I'm vulnerable. I'm asking for a help to the team. And it's beautiful to see how the team totally focus the attention and say, don't worry, we got her back. That's really, really beautiful to see. You cannot achieve these results when uh, people in a team don't trust one another. I see that uh, also within a team, uh, trust is a two-way channel. So team members must trust their leader to achieve a final goal. And the other way around is where also the leader, the senior, uh, the managers need to trust the team member. In under the light that everyone is human, so we must all admit that we are vulnerable so we can actually look to a growth altogether. That's very important. Instilling that trust, that level of trust between your teammates uh, just really helps to make a for a more cohesive delivery of a project at the end of it all. And uh, also just a better work environment in general. It's absolutely critical to ensure that everyone feels highly valued, that their opinions are uh, heard and respected, and um, that they actually have a chance to, you know, get out there and make some suggestions or take on different roles that may be like a little bit higher than where they actually are, but trusting that they can actually get the job done and deliver. Absolutely. And I think is when people are living into an environment that is based on trust are actually then thinking about, okay, I know that whatever will happen, somebody has got my back covered. So I'm not alone out there. So where people could actually put themselves into a vulnerable position and being vulnerable means to grow. 
how do accountability's commonly defined goals and company culture play a role in solving bottlenecks in a hybrid agile waterfall approach? This will help a lot in the sense of uh, whenever there are agile methodologies, you need to take into fact the risk of having uh, multiple deadlines happening at the same time because there are more tasks could happen in parallel or the priorities of the task could change quite fast. So is where basically from a day to the other you could realizing, oh no, I need more people basically to deliver that project, but how can I do it? Because the deadline does not allow me to look out there for the new resource. So it's where you could think actually of people who, as we're saying, are feeling basically part of team where which is based on trust when the goal, the final goal are clear to everyone is where you could start to think about discussing quiet hiring, which is a really big topic in this moment and which I think is the great, basically, key of success when you are adopting an agile uh, waterfall approach. Because is there, if in the short term you actually need to get the job done, is where you want to trust basically your guys and whether you have someone who could span a little bit over their limits to say, don't worry, I'm here, I know I can get the job done. Always under a ethical point of view, but this is where I think the quiet hiring is strictly connected with this approach. I mean, accountability has just got to be one of the forefronts of just building an essential team. I mean, accountability is the way that you can actually put a task on someone or put a load on team member and check off the boxes of on if they're actually even able to deliver. Absolutely. And imagine is there if in the team you see that there is a bottleneck and so you need basically higher capacity in a really, really short term is where you need to see saying, guys, who can help on this? And this is where you see people who are basically taking the accountability and saying, I can do it. Don't worry. It's fine. I can take it. And that's beautiful to see. Could you share any tips of advice for aspiring engineering managers on how to effectively lead teams in this methodology evolution? Nowadays, there is a big discussion about uh, technical skills, uh, hard skills against soft skills, uh, based on my personal experience with the of Actually, on the outcomes of multiple social experiments is where I would advise on spending a lot of time on developing soft skills within a team, within a company. Invest basically in people, uh, soft skills to obtain the maximum outcome that you could ever obtain. Because whether you could learn the hard skill or the technical knowledge on books, on course, the soft skills, so that sort of technical uh, sensibility is something that you can only learn by experience of because someone asked you how to do it or has given you the tools on how to do it. So whenever I mean uh, technical sensibility, I mean that feeling of uh, knowing where to stop and when to ask to a senior member for advice. And you can only do it uh, if you're uh, investing time on improving uh, somebody else's soft skills. The soft skills are what are going to get you to higher places, but, you know, like the foundation really is the hard skills that you have to learn. So just having the beautiful marriage between the two of them really makes for a powerful engineering manager, someone that can actually get through the door and talk the talk with the higher ups, you know, like with the vice presidents and the uh, the CEOs of other companies and to clients, as well as, you know, anyone else that you might be working with. But just having the hard skills to be able to, to back up what you're actually talking about 
actually having the knowledge and sticking your, your boots in the ground and making sure that you can actually stand toe to toe with people talking about certain things. I think that's just super, super important. Absolutely, Matthew. We're on the same page on this, yeah. So we're going to take a little bit of a break right now, and then we will be getting into our PM Pitfall segment. It's now time for our PM Pitfall segment of the week with Andriana Leota. What's the biggest PM pitfall that you've identified and how would you recommend overcoming it or avoiding it for those PMs out there? The biggest truth is first to realize that no matter how much a PM is working on reducing the risk related to the final outcome of a project, reducing any errors, this will happen. These things, there are pitfalls that will happen during the project and you need simply to accept them. So from the most common one, like the lack of a defined project scope, the pure communication within the team, I think that the biggest one that I've seen where I've been trying to put a lot of effort are related to the project teams and to their uh, communication and integration with other departments within a company. So, for example, I will say there are two major ones that I would advise to keep an eye on and to work on. Because I've seen that as soon as you start to work on these two, you will see a better outcome of the project. Pure communication is definitely a project team pitfall that you want to avoid. You want to, as we were saying, create an environment based on trust where people could be free, could feel free to talk, basically, and to express their idea. This is what you want for your project team. On the other side, it's important to learn who is the client in the big frame that will constitute construction project and understand how what are his deadlines and what a project manager needs to do in order to match deadlines. So start from your client deadlines, keep him update, work backwards starting from that date and you will get to a point. I believe that stakeholder management is such a key role in administering a project. Managing the scope is enough, but being able to adhere to the standards of your client and be agile and adjust your processes as needed as it relates to your stakeholder, your client is very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, is that we are uh, finally working for a client, uh, basically. So understanding his needs are basically the essential part of the entire project. Because at the end of the day, if the final product, which could be a construction site, what we're saying, a bearing assembly, does not meet the client needs, what is the point of all of this? That's very important as well. Just meeting their needs is the end goal at the end of all of this. Just supreme project delivery. That's all we're here for, right? Absolutely, yep. And you want to be to do it on time. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Adriana, for taking some time out of your day to uh, talk to us about project management and uh, all that you do within your company. We wish you the best in your future. Thank you, Matthew, for having me. Hope this could be helpful for somebody else out there. That was a great conversation with Adriana. We learned a couple of things here today. We learned about the uh, main responsibilities of an engineering manager, the differences between engineering manager and a project manager, how agile and waterfall hybrid approaches can be utilized in your engineering firm, and also how accountabilities 
commonly defined goals and culture can solve bottlenecks in an agile waterfall hybrid approach. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at www.engineeringpmpodcast.com. There you will find a summary of key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you all the best in your engineering project management endeavors.